So good to see you here this morning. God is so kind to us, y'all, and good to us. I thank the Lord for this church. I thank thank the Lord for what He's doing in our hearts and lives. I want you, if you would, to open your Bible. We're continuing our series on uh, the ministry of the Word. And I believe it's going to be this week and, and next week. We should be wrapping it up next week. Um, but I want you to turn, if you would, to 2 Kings chapter 6. I want to give a little background while you're turning there. We're going to read a little bit from chapter 6 and a little bit more from chapter 7. Uh, this is a time when Elisha was the, the prophet in Israel. And the Syrians had come against uh, Israel and in Samaria. And they had encamped around them and they had... Uh, surrounded them and they basically set up a siege around the city of God's people and the people were being starved out and choked out. They wouldn't let goods and supplies and food come in and out of the city. And I want you to read it in chapter 6, verses 24 through 29. It says, And it came to pass after him, after this, that Benadad, the king of Syria, gathered all his host and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. And behold, they besieged it until an ass's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung was sold for, for five pieces of silver. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help, my lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, the, answered, This woman said unto me, Give me thy son that we may eat him today. And we may eat my son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, Give me thy son that we may eat him. And she hath hid her son. I read that, and that's not a pleasant thing to read, but I read that because I wanted to see the bad how bad a state things were. They were so bad they were eating people. They're eating their children. Uh, we can't. Our minds can't fathom that when we can walk to our refrigerator and get anything we want. But it was desperate times, and um, it called for desperate measures. And this is what we're going to see. I want you to turn, just knowing that state of what's going on. We're going to look at chapter seven. I want to read a few verses. Then Elisha said. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, Tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel. That's just nothing. You have a whole measure of, of fine flour for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now remember we just read what the state was like. They're eating children. They're eating part of uh, dog's, uh, dove's dung. They're eating what's left over from a, a donkey's head. They're starving to death in this city. And there, there's a military around the city that's got them walled in. They're in trouble. King said he wasn't even a godly man, but the king said, if the Lord doesn't help, who's going to help? You know, what am I supposed to do? And here's what the man of God says. Hear the word of the Lord. Verse 2. Then a Lord, or a leader, on whose the hand, hand the king leaned, answered the man of God. So one of the king's top men looks at Elisha after he said this and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, Behold, Elisha says to that man, Thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but thou shalt not eat thereof. Skip down to verse 6. For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of the chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the king of the Hittites and the king of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when these lepers, because three lepers were hanging out at the gate of the city, and right before this happened, they said, You know what? We're lepers. Okay, we got leprosy. It's a deadly disease. If we go in the city, there's a famine there. There's nothing to help us there. If we turn to the, Syri the Syrians and go out there, they'll kill us or maybe they'll keep us alive. Either way, we're going to die. Let's go try the Syrians and see what happens. 
And when they went there, they found that they had all fled. The whole Syrian army had fled. And when these lepers came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried then silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again and entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. So that's what uh, the Lord had done. Now skip down to verse 16. I want to, this is the end of this same day. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a, uh, for a shekel according to the word of the Lord. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate. And the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. As the man of God had said, who spake, on, spake when the king came down to him. And it came to pass, as the man of God had spoken to the king, saying, Two measures of barley for a shekel, and a measure of fine flour for a shekel, shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And that Lord answered the man of God and said, Now behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, might such a thing be? And he said, Behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shalt not eat thereof. And so it fell unto him. For the people trod upon him in the gate, and he died. Okay. Let me say one thing this morning. We're talking about the ministry of the Word. God, when we hear God's Word, we are to believe God's Word. You know, we could get a lot from this story, this account, and about God's power to deliver and so forth. And we see that supernaturally. Alright? Not the first time. It wasn't the last time. But it was an amazing victory that God gave them. And the man that was the king's right hand man said, he, he mocked. He scoffed. He said, if God made windows from heaven, we're going to be able to buy that much food for a penny, basically, tomorrow at this time? Are you kidding me? And he mocked and he ridiculed. God's Word, when He speaks it, it is to be believed. Elisha said, thus saith the Lord, hear ye the Word of the Lord. God's Word is going to come to pass. We say it every Sunday. Whether everybody believes it on the planet or whether nobody believes it on the planet, it's going to happen just the way He says. There's salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus. Whether everybody believes that or nobody believes that. Thus saith the Lord is going to stand. And thus it is written. And it's going to come to pass. And we're talking about the ministry of God's Word. The Bible says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. What did he believe? He believed what God told him. And he believed the God that told him that. And as impossible as it seemed, he believed it. This man that we just read of in Elisha's day did not. It came to pass just as the Lord had said. It was a judgment upon him. Okay, you're going to see it, but you're not going to have time to eat of it. By this time tomorrow. He didn't tell him all the details of what would happen. <clears throat> Only the Lord could have figured out how all that would be. But He gave them a great victory. And we're going to talk about this when God speaks His Word, when God gives a promise, when the Lord writes a Scripture by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. His promises are true. God is faithful. And He expects men to believe them. He intends for men to believe them. Okay, It is going to come to pass exactly like the Lord said it's going to come to pass. There's no ifs and maybes. All the promises of God in Him are yea and in Him. Amen unto the glory of God by Christ Jesus. He's not wishy-washy. He's not maybe or supposing. It came to pass like Elisha said. It looked impossible. With men it's impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. It came to pass. It happened just as He said. And the man who doubted got squashed like a bug in the midst of it because he doubted. And so, I don't, want to be, I don't want to be that man. When God speaks His Word, Amen. He intends for us to trust Him. He doesn't want us to be deceived. He doesn't want us to, uh, to walk around in doubt and darkness. We have the light of His Word. It is a light unto our path. Lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And He wants us to believe His holy Word that came out of His holy mouth. The Bible says in 2 Peter, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto where you do well to take heed, he says. And sometimes we just blow off the little take heeds like, like, like it's really not there. I believe the Lord speaks it for a purpose and is forceful. We have a sure, more sure word of prophecy whereunto you do well to take heed. As as a light that shines in a dark place until the day arise and the day star arise, day arise in your heart. And so that's what God's given us. He's given us His Word. 
The Bible says, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar in Romans chapter 3. And so we can trust the Lord. And we are supposed to trust the Lord. It's not honoring to God. Our unbelief doesn't honor the Lord. Our unbelief does not please the Lord. He, he gives us the faith that we need and He strengthens our faith as we walk with Him. But God's Word is not merely a food for thought. God's Word is not something that we, uh, that we just meditate on a little bit. And uh, God's Word is not something we put on equal footing with other advice that somebody may give us. It's not something that we uh, equate with other truths, quote truths, and philosophies of men and worldly wisdom. Don't put it there in your heart, in your mind. Don't esteem it that way in your heart, in your mind. God's not, Word is not something we put to the side or cast aside or cast behind our backs. God's Word is not something that we're to neglect. His Word is not something that we consider for a few minutes at church and then forget about and go and do what we wanted to do anyway and pass over. God's Word is to be believed and is to be stood upon and walked out and lived out. This is a treasure that we have right here. God's Word. And I'm thankful for it. He wants us to walk it, walk it out. His Word is not like other words, y'all. His Word is not like other words. It's nothing that compares to it. When Emily spoke on it. I heard at the, uh, the ladies' retreat, we've been speaking on the Word of God. We don't worship the Bible. We worship Jesus. We worship the Lord. But He has given us His Word. It's how He reveals Himself to us. It's how He guides us. It's how men are saved by believing this Gospel. It's how we are instructed through life. It's how we know what's going to happen before it happens. Because God knows what's going to happen before it happens. And He lays it out there for us. And I'm so thankful for it. But uh, his, his Word is to be received by men and believed by men. And so uh, the Bible says, Paul says that all men have not faith. And that's something, all men have not faith. And just listen to this. I'm going to read this Scripture. This is from Psalm 106. Yea, they despise the pleasant land. This is the children of Israel. They despise the pleasant land. They believed not His Word. But what happened to them? The Israelites in the wilderness as a whole, they despised the pleasant land. They never even seen it yet. They didn't believe it. They didn't believe God was going to bring them there. And they believed not His Word. They all perished in the wilderness, right? Their carcasses, it says, fell in the wilderness. And they died in unbelief. But when Paul says all men have not faith, that's not like, oh, poor guys, they don't have any faith. It's a rebuke. Because all men don't have faith, but they could have faith. There's not anybody on this planet that cannot have faith and have saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and walk with Him. Okay, they are, So that they are without excuse, the Bible says. Because God has revealed Himself, at least enough of Himself, for men to begin to call upon Him. And if they call upon Him, he's, they're going to find Him. Okay, So that's a whole other sermon for another day. But the point is that all men have not faith, but they could have faith. When God speaks His Word, He expects us to believe it. And to receive it and to believe it. Moses did. Moses didn't die in unbelief. He died on the mountaintop and the Lord buried him, it says. But he didn't die in unbelief. Amen? And he's in heaven today and we'll see him today. Because he esteemed the riches of Christ, uh, you know, the reproach of Egypt, greater riches uh, than the treasures of Egypt. Joshua and Caleb didn't die in unbelief. They lived in the same wilderness as the rest of those Israelites. You know what? They believed his word. They believed it. And they came and they brought word after they were spot, went spot the land. Joshua and Caleb with two, they came back and says they gave word as it, as it was in their heart. They saw the, the promised land. They came back. They saw the giants too, okay? Milk and honey and the giants. They saw it all. And they came back and says they gave word as was in their heart. It was in their heart. They had believing hearts. And they didn't die in unbelief. They died in the promised land in the good old age when the Lord was ready to call them home. When God speaks His word... He wants us to believe it. The Bible says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart and, and a, a heart of unbelief. Okay? It's an evil heart of unbelief. It's not poor God. He just can't believe. He can't seem to muster up the faith. It's an evil heart because God is faithful. And He's given us His promises and we ought to believe His Word. Amen? And so, take heed, lest there be in any of you, brothers, an evil heart of unbelief and departing from the living God or from the living Lord. And uh, I just want to read this. Uh, Paul said, 
Apostle Paul, and you don't have to turn there, Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe that it shall be even as it was told me. The word of the Lord. It's when he was on that ship. I share that story all the time. But he says, I believe it. The storm was still raging. But I believe the word that God told me. Be of good cheer. You know, the ship's doing this. Guys are probably throwing up and throwing all the stuff off the ship. It's dark and black and they haven't seen the sun in many days. This thing went on for weeks. This storm. And guess what? He says, I've prayed and I've been fasting and praying and an angel of the Lord came and spoke to me this night. The God who I serve, He told me that nobody's going to die. Not one person. The ship's going to be lost, but we're all going to be safe and sound. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. I believe it's going to be... Right? The ships. I believe it's going to be even as the Lord told me. What did he believe? He believed the Word of God. He believed what God told him despite the circumstances that were raging around him. And guess what? What he, what he believed and what God told him came to pass. And guess what? It always comes to pass. It always comes to pass. And I thank the Lord for His faithfulness. And He's shown it in my own life. But God holds men responsible for their faith and their unbelief. He holds us responsible for that. He doesn't hold D responsible for my unbelief, for my doubt. He holds men responsible. Lost men, they're going to go to hell not because they were just because they were sinners. We're all sinners. We've been saved by the grace of God. They're going to go to hell because they died in unbelief. They could have been saved and they chose not to be. It was their choice to make. Okay? He holds a man responsible. I always think about this. There's two places in the scriptures where it says Jesus, our Lord and Savior, marveled. Right? He marveled at something. Two places. One time when that Roman centurion said, uh, Master, my servant's at home. It's sick. He's my favorite servant. And he's home sick, dying. And the G- Jesus says, I will come and heal him. And he says, no, please don't bother. I'm not even worthy that you come into my house. Just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And the Lord just marvels at that faith. And this is from a Roman a Gentile, right? He marvels at his faith and uh, the man's servant was healed. But it says specifically he marveled, was astonished at his faith. The other place that Jesus marveled was at the unbelief of his hometown. When he went back to Nazareth and he said they were offended in him. In him. Isn't this Joseph's son, the son of the carpenter? Who does he think he is? And he says he didn't do many miracles there because of their unbelief. And he marveled at their unbelief. Two places in the Bible. At faith and at unbelief. He holds men responsible um, for, for our faith or our unbelief. The Bible says, speaking of the Lord, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie hath promised to the, before the world began. We need to know that. I don't need to know it simply as a doctrinal truth. I need to know it as a truth in my heart that God cannot lie. That He is going to do what He says He's going to do. And He's going to bring it to pass. He holds men responsible for their lack of faith or their unbelief because He's proven Himself faithful. Has He not proved Himself faithful in your life? Is there ever a time in your life you might have thought it, but now in reality, looking at it, has there ever been a time in your life where God Himself was unfaithful to your life? Never. Never, never, never. Even when we've questioned like Job or doubted or wondered, the the storm cleared and Job saw what the deal was, right? The Lord restored everything to him and showed him it was a test. He brought him through. He blessed him. He's never unfaithful. He's never been unfaithful in your life. And so He holds men responsible for the unbelief because we have no reason to not believe Him. Because He's faithful. He has spoken His Word and He has fulfilled it. The testimonies of the Lord are, are sure, David said in Psalm 19. The testimonies of the Lord are, are sure. He speaks His Word, then He fulfills it. He speaks the prophecies, and then He, and he fulfills them so that men are without excuse and doubt in the Lord. The Bible actually says that God watches over His Word. It's like He says it. He don't just... And, and you know, I've done it before. Just let loose things come out of your mouth. You don't even know what you said. You're just so riled up or whatever. Uh, vain words for no point, no purpose. Just blah, you just say something. Two minutes later, you don't remember what you said. God's not like that. He says, this, this is the way my word that comes out of my mouth. Okay, He speaks it. And then He guards over His word. 
that He's spoken. He watches over it. And he's going to bring with us a thousand years later. Okay? Or Isaiah prophesied about seven to eight hundred years before Christ was born. He watches over it. And He's going to perform it. That the Scriptures may be fulfilled. It's going to happen exactly. And He said, this is a big old test where you can test to know that I'm God. Because I'm going to call the beginning from the end from the beginning. The things that are not, I'm going to call them as though they were. And it's going to come to pass and you'll know that I'm God. And I'm not one of these idols that you bow down to, that you built with your own hands. I'm the Lord God Jehovah. I'm Alpha and Omega. And He speaks His Word and so He proves His faithfulness to us. He proves His faithfulness to the sons of men. And uh, the Bible says, So shall My Word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. If you're taking notes, that's Isaiah 55.11. It shall not return unto me void. He has a personal stake in it. His character, his reputation, who he is. Okay, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. He sent it forth. He's going to make sure it comes to pass, and it will come to pass. Exactly like he said. Amen. And so uh, just listen to this. Jesus, it says afterwards, he, he appeared unto the eleven. This after his resurrection, he had appeared to the disciples at least on one occasion. And he comes to him again. It says afterwards, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief. And hardness of heart, because they believed not that them which had seen him after he was risen. And they didn't believe the word that he was going to rise from the dead. So he comes to his own disciples and upbraided that means he railed on them. He chided them for their unbelief, okay? Because they didn't believe his word that was spoken and the testimony that others gave of the risen Lord and Savior. God holds us responsible for that. Men ought to believe. We ought to believe the unchanging word of God. There's no reason not to. It's impossible for the Lord to lie. Now, not only, y'all, does the Lord uh, faithful and hold us responsible to believing His Word, but He's also given us His Word to strengthen our faith. Right? He's, so, Lord, let's be honest. I am struggling in my faith right now. I'm struggling right now. I'm struggling to believe. I want to believe like, like uh, Abraham did or like Elisha did. But I'm really struggling to believe. He has an answer, an answer for that. He's given us His Word. The Bible says that uh, it, uh, whosoever believes on Him should not be ashamed. And he goes on to say that so then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. So faith comes by hearing God's Word. With not a dull ears, deaf ears, rebellious ears. Faith comes in hearing the Word of God. If you're struggling in your faith, you're struggling. Is God really going to fulfill that promise He gave me 10 years ago, 15 years ago, when I was a child? Is He going to bring it to pass? You go to the Word of God. You sit before the Lord. You open up the same promises that you've had since you've known Jesus. And you open that Bible and you said, Lord, Your Word says you cannot lie. It's impossible for you to lie. Your Word says, so shall it be for the Word that goes out of Your mouth. You spoke to my heart. You showed me that this is going to come to pass. I don't know how it's going to come to pass. I don't know when we're starving to death and eating our children how tomorrow by this time cheap food's going to be cheap and in abundance we're going to be able to gorge ourselves. How's that going to happen? But you said it's going to happen. The man of God said, hear the Word of the Lord. <clears throat> and He wants us to hear the Word of the Lord. He's given us His Word to strengthen our, <clears throat> our faith. That's a blessing, amen, <clears throat> that He's given us His Word. He's graciously provided His Word to men. And He wants us to lay hold on it. Amen? And to believe it. And lost men to come to Jesus through that. It's a, it's, it's a blessing to us, guys. He wants us to walk in the light of His Word. Not in darkness. And Christians can walk in darkness at times too. He wants us to walk in the light of His Word. Growing in grace. Growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That comes through the Word. We're talking about the ministry of the Word. It has to be received. Amen? It has to be believed by men. And <clears throat> being taught by the Holy Ghost. Being, receiving that revelation knowledge of the Lord. But He gives us His Word. And he says, here it is. And He gives us the Holy Ghost. And he says, believe it. Believe it. Receive it. 
Come to the Word of God. Read it prayerfully. Consider it. And receive the instructions and in, in the, the teaching of the Holy Spirit. Let God minister to you by His Word. Ministry simply means a help or an aid. And one of the helps and aids of the, of the Word of God is to strengthen a man's faith. You might have been real strong in the faith and something came and now your faith's weak. It happens because of the size of the obstacle, because of the length of the delay and the answer to the prayer, the fulfillment. Our faith can get weak, but it's not snuffed out. Amen? It's weak. It's little. It's a grain of mustard seed faith, but it's still faith. And He can rekindle that again and strengthen it and bring it way past where it was before. We have that happen. But it's the Word of God. He's given it to us. He wants us to hear His Word and He wants to, to receive it. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Jesus said, uh, when therefore He was risen from the dead, I'm just going to read this, His disciples remembered that he had, what He had said unto them and they believed the Scriptures and the Word which Jesus had said. After the resurrection, after uh, the, this prophecy was fulfilled of His own death, burial, and resurrection. They said they remembered the Scripture, they believed the Scripture, and they believed His Word. And so God gives us that. He's never, he's never through with this. He's never going to say, you know what, Randy, I've had it. You've doubted me too many times, so I'm done with you. I may feel that way, and if I was the Lord, I would probably do that with me. Okay? But He doesn't do that. He'll bring us one more time Sometimes stern, sometimes very gentle, however he has to do it at that time. He's going to bring us back to this right here. And you're going to build our lives upon it, or we're not going to build our lives upon it. And he's going to strengthen our faith in our hearts, in the living God, by his word. He'll do it, and he does it every time. I'm very thankful for that and that ministry of the Lord. Just listen to this scripture. I'm reading from 1 Timothy 3. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. This is Jesus' earthly life. Justified in the Spirit. Seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles. Believed on in the world. Received up into glory. Two things stick out there to me in that passage in, in regards to what we're talking about. He was preached unto the Gentiles. That's His Word. The Gospel. Jesus. He preached Himself and others preached His Gospel. By the, the testimony of the witness of the Holy Ghost, right? <clears throat> he was preached unto the Gentiles and believed on in the world. Word went forth, people believed. That's why we have a church today. That's why we're saved today. The gospel was preached. Somebody believed His Word. Amen? You believed His Word for salvation or He wouldn't be here right now. And so, um, His Word is to be believed. His Word is to be received. He gives it to us and He wants us to hang, hang on to it. Amen? Um, uh, Jesus called the multitude unto him and he says, Hear and understand. Hear and understand. I'm just reading that one little part because I think it's pretty interesting. The Lord called men unto him, all kinds of people, a multitude. That wasn't just his disciples. He says, Hear what I'm about to say and understand what I'm about to say. Because his word's important. We're to hang on to it. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hear what I'm going to tell you and understand. We have the Holy Ghost given to us to give us that understanding. But He expects us to receive it. He expects us to receive the Word of God and not to cast it off, not to blow it aside, uh, blow it off. He was preached in the world. He was believed on in the world. Now, it's of the utmost importance, y'all, how a man receives or hears the Word of God. I'm going to say that again. It, how we receive the Word of God and how we hear it is of the utmost importance. Obviously, we say, well, what we hear is important too, right? Are we listening to rightly divided Word? Are you listening to error? Are you listening to doctrines of devils? Or are you listening to the thus saith the Lord? What we hear is important. But let's say you're hearing the truth. When the truth is being preached to you, when God is expounding His Word, it's being opened up through a teacher, preacher, or just you reading the Bible, you know it's the truth. It's the truth coming to you. How you receive that is critical. It's critical. And I can't say that I've always done this in my life, but I want to. And as Jesus said in Luke 18, uh, take heed therefore how you hear. 
Luke 18, 8, 8, 18, I'm sorry, 8.18. Take heed therefore how you hear. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And to whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken even that which he seemeth to have. And the basis of that is how you hear. God, Jesus could preach to a multitude of 5,000. Same words going to everybody. Everybody's got the same opportunity, the same blessing, the same truth, the same Christ that's speaking to them. We better take heed how we hear. Because a lot will walk away from that multitude and never go on with Jesus, never walk with the Lord, and some will. They're going to cleave to, cling to the Lord. They're going to cleave to Him. They're going to forsake all for Jesus. Why? Because they believe Thou art the Christ. You're the promised one. You're the one that should come into the world. We've seen and believe and do testify. You're the Christ. We believe it. Okay? And so, take heed how you hear. It's very important. Turn with me in your Bibles. I'm going to read this. In the parable of the seed and the sower, right afterwards, Jesus' disciples call him to side. Matthew 13. This parable is in all four of the Gospels, I believe. The Lord wants us to know it. Let's just read. He's already given the parable. And let's look at Matthew 13, 14 through 16. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart, and that's the key to it, is their heart, is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest in any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart and should be converted and I should heal them. But blessed be your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Take heed how you hear. Okay? All the multitude heard the same parable of the seed and the sower. They all heard the Word of God. And Isaiah gave and given a prophecy. This is how it's going to be for a multitude of this people. They're going to see and not really perceive. They're going to hear and not really understand. God, their, their ears are dull of hearing. Their hearts wax gross. We have to watch that. That's something I have to guard myself. The more we meet, the more frequently we meet as a church, the more you go to a college Bible study or youth meetings this summer or whatever we go to, to, to be uh, exposed to the Word of God, the more I have to take heed that I don't put it on autopilot like we say my Christianity on autopilot. My hearing of the Word of God. It's important. These people, their heart had waxed gross. And I picture it like a callous heart that's just gotten a little thin layer, a little thin layer, a little thin layer, a little thin layer hardening over it. It didn't happen. It didn't go from Monday to Tuesday that way. It happened over a long period of time of being exposed. And somewhere that, that fire went out and we doubted God and we are, we're not as fervent in our prayer life seeking the Lord or diligent in our study of the Word. And now we hear it and we say amen at the right times and yet it's not penetrating our heart and getting where it needs to get. God's Word is to be received. It is to be believed. And we need to take heed how we hear. Amen? Uh, he's given us this Word. And, and, and if I'm going to talk the rest of this message today. If you and I are going to benefit from the Word of God, if we're going to benefit in any way from it, the preaching of it, the reading of it, the hearing of it, the living it, whatever, if we're going to benefit from the Word of God, then we have to, uh, four things that I have written here, okay? I'm not usually with a lot of different points, and I'm going to add a fifth one next week, okay? I'm going to give you the four, and I'm going to go back and talk about it. <clears throat> Number one, if we're going to be benefited by the Word of God, we have to receive it as it is the Word of God. In other words, we have to esteem it as that, this is the Word of the Lord. For my life, I need to first of all put it on that plateau or that plane and receive it as such. Second of all, I need to believe it. That's where the faith comes in. <clears throat> believe it. Abraham believed God, it was counted to him for righteousness. Third of all, I need to allow the word of Christ to dwell in me richly, have a place in me. We're going to go back over all these. And fourth, we have to be faithful to the light that He's already given us, I have to walk in it. Okay. Next week I'm going to next week we're going to talk about obedience to the Word of God, and we're probably going to close with that. And it's kind of a culmination of these four points right here. But if we're going to be benefited at all, think about how much of God's Word has gone forth and not 
not benefited the hearer of it. Whether you're preaching in prison, a mission trip, sharing to somebody, sharing to a neighbor, a brother, sister, whether somebody shared to you at some point in your life, and we let it go uh, unheeded. Take heed how you hear. It's very important. It's very important. And I think about how much we receive the Word of God, right? And the Bible says too much is given, much is what? Required. So we're given a lot of truth from the Lord and from the people of God and in our churches. We're blessed. All right, first of all, it has to be received. We're going to benefit from it. and, And to me, that simply is what we've been talking about today. We have to esteem it as the Word of God. That man in, the, in Elisha's day did not. He mocked, he ridiculed, he totally said it's impossible, it's not going to happen, and went on with his life, got, which was one more day, because he got trampled the next day. Uh, we have to receive it as the living word of the living God. Okay, Esteem it as such. David said in the Psalms, For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. We need to see it as such. We need to believe it as such. So wonderful scripture, y'all. This is one I would jot down from 1 Thessalonians 2.13. I'm going to go ahead and read it just for time's sake. But Paul is speaking to the church at Thessalonica. And he says, For this cause also we thank God without ceasing. Well, what is he thanking God without ceasing about? Because when you, when you Thessalonians, we first came to you, when you received the word of God, which you heard of us, you received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. That's right? just a wonderful scripture, the whole thing. He says, you received it. I'm commending. We're thanking God without ceasing. Why? What's the big deal? We preached to you the truth and you believed that you received it as the truth. You didn't just say, I'm going to think on that for a little while. They received it as it is in truth. It says the word of God, which works effectually, lives and works effectually in you that believe. And that's why there's a church there. That's why they get, people are getting saved because they received it as it was in truth. <clears throat> Second of all, if God's Word is going to, going to benefit the hearer and benefit your life, it has to be believed. Amen? All things are possible to them, him who believes. This is a wonderful Scripture. You probably read it in Hebrews 4. And it's speaking again about those children of Israel in the wilderness. It says, For unto us was the Gospel preached as well as unto them, those Israelites. The Gospel was preached unto them in the wilderness. That's what it says. Maybe not the exact Gospel we have, but the good news and salvation of the Lord was preached to them in the wilderness. But the Word preached did not profit them. Wow, was it the truth? Was it a good Word? Yeah, it was the truth. It was a good Word. The Word which was preached to them in the wilderness did not profit them. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So they have this wonderful blessing of truth being spoken to their life and it benefited them zero. Because they didn't receive it as the Word of God and they didn't believe it. Moses did. Joshua did. Caleb did. Okay? <clears throat> that younger generation, they got to go in the promised land. But Jesus told uh, Mary at the grave of Lazarus, her brother, dead for four days, his body's decomposing and smelling. People are wailing and screaming and crying. If you had been here, you could have healed him and he wouldn't have died. And Jesus says, roll the stone away. Said I not unto you, Mary, if you would only believe, you would see the glory of God. I said it unto you. That's my word. You should believe it. Didn't I say unto you, if you would only believe, you would, receive, you would see the glory of God? Do you think it's any different from Mary than us in our day? That if we would believe, we would see God's glory in our day? In little ways and big ways and huge ways. In our nation, in our, in our church, in our own lives. In the hospital when you go to pray for people. Do you think we would see the glory of God if we would only believe? I do. And then thirdly, if God's Word is going to profit us, we have to allow it, as the Scripture says, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. That means abundantly. I have to give the Word of God a place in your heart. Give it a home. Give it a prominent place in your heart. Um, I watch baseball scores on TV. They go in, I see them, oh good, my team won. You know, and it goes on out and then I forget about it. That's not how it's to be with God's Word. 
Give, give His place a dwelling place, His Word, in your heart. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, okay, abundantly. Give it that place. Uh, the Scripture's a home in your heart and in your mind. And allow the Word of God to change you and to work in your heart and life. That was Colossians 3.16, by the way. To shape your life, to renew your, your mind and your attitudes and things like this. And to grow you in Christ. The, the psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in my heart. So he had a place there. It had a dwelling place in his heart. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. If you want to be benefited by it, give it that place in the Lord, that place in your heart. And so, uh, I want to read just a couple of scriptures here real quickly. David said, Thy statutes have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. It means all through his life. When he's a young boy, all the way through, being king, the whole bit. Your statutes or your word, your law, have been my songs in the house of my pilgrimage. I have remembered thy name, O Lord, in the night, and have kept thy law. He said, he, his word, God's word had that place of prominence in his life. Amen. And the Bible says of Samuel that, and we're talking about letting the word of Christ dwell in us richly, when he was a young boy, that he did let none of the Lord's words fall to the ground. And I just ask myself this, and I'll ask you this. Have you, have I, have I have, have let some of God's word that's been spoken to me over the years, the truth, I'm not talking about deception or error, the truth of God's word, have I let some of it fall to the ground? I'm sure that I have. I have to confess that to the Lord. But Samuel started out as a young boy, so he didn't know the Lord, didn't know the voice of the Lord. We know the story, the Lord called to him as a little baby three times, little boy. Finally, says he, when he knew that was the Lord, and he came to learn and understand, this is God speaking to me. And he says after that, that Samuel did let none of the God's words fall to the ground. Is that amazing? That means when God spoke, he gobbled it up, he grabbed it, he went with it, he clung to it, he tuned everything else out when the Lord spoke, he hung on to that. The way the Super Bowl's on, we're talking about God speaking to me right now. You know what I'm saying? And I'm receiving it, and I'm hearing it, and walking with that. That's an example. I'm not that, but I want to be that. And I want to be more and more that, okay? So I don't let the Lord's Word fall to the ground. That's given Him a place, God's Word, letting it dwell in you richly. The fourth thing, <clears throat> be faithful. This is a, a good one, important one. If we want to benefit from the Word of God, where it really affects my life and it does in me what it's supposed to do and what God wants to do. We have to be faithful to the Word that He's already given us. And it sounds like a very simple truth, but if, if I'm going to want to walk in the light with the Lord, then I need to be faithful to walk in the light that He's already given me. If all He's shown me, for example, is that Christ is Savior... Then I need to get up every day and say, thank you for being my Savior and shedding your blood for me. And as I walk with the Lord, He shows me more over my Lord too. Thank you for being the Lord of my life. And I walk in that light. And He shows me that He's a healer. And He shows me that He's a comforter in times of trouble. And He's a deliverer. And that He has a future plan and reign in the kingdom coming. As, we, as He gives us light, we need to be faithful to walk in the measure of light that He's given us. Spiritual light. You understand what I'm saying? From His Word. There are people that are light years ahead of me in their knowledge of the Scriptures. And I might be ahead of other people and some other people in their knowledge of the Scriptures. But if every man will be true to the light that they're given and walk in that, all of us will get more. You understand? And God wants us to give us more. He wants to do that. And so, uh, I wanted to read this quote, one of the commentaries I was studying Almost what I was just saying right there. One condition for receiving more light is that we are faithful to the true light that has already been given. It is sadly possible, listen to this, it's sadly possible to ask for more light, but be disloyal to the illumination already given. In such case, it's foolish to think that we shall receive the gift that we're asking. So just think about it. Everybody in this church, if I said, who wants to grow in the Lord? I do. Absolutely, I want to. We know God wants us to grow in Him. And we say, we want more light. We want to understand. I want to understand the deep things of God. I want to go on. I'm struggling 
grasping the meaning of scriptures, which is okay. So we go to the Lord and say, I want to grow. I just feel like I'm lagging behind. I want to, there's so much more. I want to understand the deep things of God. And he says, it's sadly possible to ask for more light, but yet for being disloyal to the light we're already given. In such case, it's foolish to think you're going to receive more light. Okay? A child comes and says, Dad, I'm more responsible. I can drive now. I can, I can keep the car and do this and that. And they're not being responsible for taking out the trash. You know, and doing, cutting the grass and not uh, whatever it may be. They're not being responsible for things that we've already given them in an earthly sense. Think about that with the Lord. He says, I've given you much. You're just neglecting it. You're walking around in darkness, bumping into the walls like you're stumbling around in darkness and I've given you plenty of light, but you're not walking in it. Mm-hmm. You're telling me you want more light? Why don't you just first take care of business here first? Mm-hmm. You know, walk in this light that I'm giving you. I'm happy to give you more. You're not ready for it. Walk in the light that you've been given. That's the fourth condition, I believe, of really benefiting from the Word of the Lord. Walk in that wisdom and revelation knowledge that He's given you. Everybody sitting in this room, if you got saved yesterday, everybody in this room has been given a measure of light from the Lord and from His Word. Walk in that and He will give more. And then walk in that more and He'll give more. All the way to the day we die. And you can pass up a lot of the people that have been saved 20 years longer than you. And you kind of go running right on by them. Why? Because you're walking in the light and maybe they're not. Walk in the light that you're given. And God's going to bring it to pass. It's cultivating uh, the Word of God in our hearts. It's allowing it to have that rich place. It's walking in it. It's esteeming it, regarding it, receiving it as it is. The Word of God. Believing it by faith and holding on to it like Abraham did the promises of God. And so, uh, it's a simple truth, y'all, but, but uh, some of y'all, and I include myself, some of us have been walking with the Lord a long time. You know, you can remember when you started, but now you look back and say, you know, I've been saved a long time now. Well, I've been at this a long time. Am I walking in the fullness of that light where I should be? Should I be further along by now than where I am? All of us probably should be. But that's why we're here today. That's why we're provoking one another to love and good works. And we're stirring ourselves up. I believe God wants to greatly bless us. And one of the ways He greatly blesses us is through the ministry of His Word. Our faith is strengthened. We receive wisdom, instruction, guidance, hope, comfort. All these things from the Word of God. But He wants us to walk in it. And next week we're going to close with talking about obedience to the Word of the Lord. Okay? All through the Scriptures. But we, we are so blessed, y'all. And, and uh, I'm just going to bring this to a close. We're blessed beyond measure. We're saved by the grace of God. We're indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. We're instructed and led by His Word. It is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It's His truth. And it's His Word of power. And God has given it to us to help us to understand Him more, to know Him more, to walk with Him more. And He's so faithful. He, he's, he's given us that. And He's given us the Holy Ghost to be our helper. He's called our comforter and our helper to give us that revelation knowledge, that understanding. And to convict us when we get off track and things like that and when we sin. He's always there to help. And I think back to that, and we're going to close, but that man in the story we opened with in Elisha's day in Samaria, he just mocked and ridiculed and... and he did not believe it. And Elisha said, you're going to see it, but you're not going to get to eat of it. I don't want to just see it and not get to eat of it. I want to see... I pray all the time, y'all. Just sharing something personal. I, can, I don't remember when I started praying this. We all have things that we pray, but I remember walking around and praying and saying, Lord, I really want to see uh, not just revival. I do want to see revival. I want to see the miracles that I read about in the book of Acts. And I have seen some. It's not that I have. I'm one of those that people say, why don't we see it today? I have seen it today. Okay? I've been healed. I've seen people healed. I've seen demons cast out. And the Lord's used me to pray on people and demons came out. Uh, You know, I've seen souls saved. There's not a bigger miracle than that. I have seen the miracles. But I really want to more regularly see them. And then I said, Lord, I don't just want to see them. I want to be part of it. I want to be somebody that you use to do that. And so I pray that. 
I believe that I'm going to see that. Okay, more. I have seen it, but I want to see it more and more. And uh, I don't want to be like that man who said, Elisha said, you're going to see it, but you're not going to get to eat of it. I want to see it, and I want to eat of it, and I want to be right in the middle of it, and I want to be part of all of it that's going on. I want to be right there. I want to be one of His hands that's reaching out and doing something for Jesus and being empowered by the Lord right then. And all the glory goes to God. I want to be part of that. I don't want to read a missionary's book about it. I have, and I love them, but I want to be part of it. I want to not just read this story. I want to be part of it. And God wants to do that in our lives. I'm going to close with this scripture. You can turn with me, and William, you can come. At uh, John chapter 20, turn with me there. End of that chapter, John 20. Verse 29. This is after the resurrection. We see doubting Thomas, okay? Verse 29, 20, 29. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast believed me, thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believed. That's us. I believe that's us and people like us. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples which are not written in this book. It's the verse I want to close with. Verse 31. But these are written. John's saying this Gospel right here, for example, that He wrote, that the Lord wrote through Him. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. He wants us to have His Word. He gave us His Word for a purpose. These things are written that you might believe. I wrote them down in your Word so that you believe. Every promise, every word, every nail that was put in His hand, everything about it, all three days in the grave, that you would believe all of it. I want you to believe it. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. He is Alpha and Omega. He's coming back again. That His hair is like... uh, uh, wool and his eyes like flame and fire. I want you to read it all. These things are written that you might believe. And then believe and you might have life in his name. He wants us to have life and it's going to come through his word. Amen. Y'all stand. Let's begin to worship the Lord. Thank him. Call upon the Lord. Ask God to forgive you for your unbelief. Ask God to strengthen your faith in Him. Go put your hands on somebody and pray that they're healed. Whatever it may be, let God use you this morning. Let's begin to worship the Lord for a few minutes before we leave today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.